for those of you who, who don't know who I am, uh, my name is Peter Tusik, and I am the brand ambassador of blindness products for humanware. I work with all of our Braille products. I also work with our speech products. So for those of you who are here tonight, we're going to be talking about what's new and what's going on with the Braille Note Touch. We're also going to be spending some time looking at and, and walking through kind of what's going on with the Brilliant 14 um, and running through that. I'll be demonstrating that. And then we are also going to be looking and, and talking about just, just Braille in general. So I, I want to have some time for questions. I think it's very important. Tomorrow is going to be our Victor Reader stream slash track piece. I will say I'm not going to be offended if you run out of the room right now because you were here for stream. I will be sad, but I will not be offended. So, um, and, and if, if you have to, I can always answer a question or two about that as well. But definitely that will be going on tomorrow. So keep that in mind. Um, tomorrow at the same time in the same-ish place because I believe there, it will be twice the size. Um, I think we'll have three and four tomorrow. So what, what I want to talk about though is Braille and obviously at Humanware we're a very, 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 very Braille-centric company. Uh, we believe very strongly in Braille. We are a sponsor of the Braille Challenge. Has anybody in here participated in the Braille Challenge or know somebody who has? 2007 winner. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. 2007 winner. I love it. So we, we do a lot with Braille, and we, we believe very much in Braille and Braille-first technology. What I want to talk about is, and you know, I, I want to keep it kind of free-flowing, but we'll talk a little bit about what we've done with the Braille Note Touch over the last year. Um, I'll try to walk through some of these things rather quickly, just highlighting kind of where, where we are and then where we're going, right? What, what are some things that, that we can improve on? Um, in terms of ideas, in terms of bouncing things back and forth. So firstly, last fall, in conjunction with Desmos, the graph online graphing calculator company, we released an update that gave users the ability to produce graphs. For anybody who was ever in school, which I bet was everyone in this room, right? You all had to create graphs at some point, and the way I did it was I used wiki sticks, and I used thumbtacks, and I used rubber bands, and I used that wheel thing with the tinfoil and the all sorts of fun stuff. And that's great, and we have to do that. It's very important that we learn that skill so we know how to graph you know, our slopes and all of that good stuff. But what happens is we become older and older, and we're still graphing that way in high school, right? And we, we know that it's very important, but at the same time, I'm turning in little art projects. So I know that my teacher would get the stuff and be like, oh, it's so cute, you know, it's a little graph. Peter made me something that melted and fell apart in his backpack, right? <laughs> it's really cool. So not enough of that. We need to have this skill. So what we did was we, we developed a tool that will allow for BrailleNote Touch users to be able to create graphs in real time. And what I mean by that is if I write y equals 4x plus 3, when I press enter, the graph of y equals 4x plus 3 is going to be generated in, in print. And that's a big deal. And we are so happy that we could do that because it opens up the door not only to being able to turn in our work on time and say, look, I can graph that equation and we can do this and we can create parabolas and all sorts of shapes and all, all kinds of things based off of what we tell the device to graph, but it's also that we want to, in the long run, pr promote the ability for blind people to have careers in science, technology, engineering, and math. So that's really the, the long-term goal. We're starting down that road. So as we go forward, be on the lookout for some very neat things in terms of graphing and what we can do with graphing uh, and also with math content. I mean, we've been able to work with math and create math, but how could someday, how could we go the other way? How could it sighted teacher or friend or professor or peer or whomever hand you some math, visual math, and you are able to take that math and turn it into Nemeth code. So when we look at completing the picture, it's kind of a, another side of that, and we're not there yet. I don't, we will get there so at some point, I don't know when, but as we look forward, we're always trying to advance that. So creating the math was great. We've seen it used very well. Creating graphing is awesome. We've seen it used and it's been really fun, but how can we continue that forward? We've also given a user the ability to emboss graphics from the BrailleNote Touch. This came out of a collaboration with Enabling Technologies. 
Um, for those of you who are not aware, we, we, are, we purchased enabling technologies in, I'm gonna say March. Would that be a fair statement, Mr. Rick Piper? Yes. Yes, I get, the boss says yes, that means I'm right. So, in March, we, uh, it, we, we acquired enabling technologies and that gives us access to, obviously, the enabling embossers, the Romeo, the Juliet, and I'll be talking about those as well because there are some very neat things we're, we're working on with embossing, uh, hint, hint, Bluetooth, right? Very cool things that are coming with embossing, but the ability for us to create graphics. So being able to say, I have this bitmap image or this JPG image that somebody sent me and I want to feel it, I want to know what it feels like. And I'm able to take that and run it through. So it might be a Venn diagram or a picture of an ant or something. And I don't mean like your Aunt Trish, I mean like an ant, you know, uh, that crawls on the ground. The point though is we're not, what we're not getting is we still need help from somebody who has cited it in terms of labeling that graphic. We cannot, as of yet, import, we can't perky duck. We're not, for, and for those, if, if you don't know what I mean, perky ducking, I never actually have used it as an, like an adverb like that, or an action verb, but to perky duck is to use the computer keyboard to type braille into a picture. And that's how a braillist is able to label different parts of an image. Um, and we can't do that, but what we can do is we can generate a tactile representation of an image uh, that we've run through a program that we've developed called Firebird Mobile. So that, that also gives us the ability to emboss our graphs that we create. Again, just getting what are my X and Y axis, what are the lines doing in relation to, those, to, those, to the X and Y axis. That part of the piece, it's, it's very vague because again, we're not getting as much information as our sighted peers when we view the graph. So how can we look at moving that forward? And we're, we're, we're definitely on that road as well. So, Again, the graphing was November, but what we really sought to do was to expand our user base. Um, and, and by that, I mean we wanted to bring in all of our users who had said, I want to see, you know, I, I've used the touch for many years in this capacity. And what I mean is the first thing, in March, we released an update that brought in two big pieces to the BrailleNote Touch. The first piece was the ability to use one-handed mode. And again, this is, it's a, it's a small user base, but we know, and that we have users who wanted to use the device in one hand mode, and unfortunately, it was not on the BrailleNote Touch until March. But it's here now, so we're ready to rumble. All, everyone who needs it is able to get it. And I'll just briefly run through how that works. So when we want to, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my microphone down and do some weird uh, MacGyvering of this here. But what we can do, actually, I'll just do this. Uh, who? Oh no, it's good, I'll just do it like this. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna turn my speech on. And I'm gonna put this down here so everyone can hear it. But in order to enable one-handed mode, we're gonna press and hold the enter key, so our dot eight or our right pinky, with the action button on the right side of the device. I'm gonna press and hold them together for about five seconds and here I go. We're just gonna count down. No, I'm kidding. One-handed mode activated. Ooh. Press and hold the action button to deactivate. So, so I've enabled one-handed mode, and this will work like it always has. And again, I'm, 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 I'm gonna give a couple of examples, but just so we're all aware, when we're in one-handed mode, we, we end what we want with the space bar. And what I mean by that is, I'm on the main menu, what letter could I push to move to the word processor? Word, W, boom. I could type an O, I just wouldn't get to the word processor, right? It would just go down, right? So what I wanna do is I want to get to the word processor. The way this works in one-handed mode is, I can type two, four, five, six, two, four, five, six, and then press the space bar. Word processor, colon, keyword. And it will bring, whoa, and it will bring me to the word processor. I can also do them in groups. So let's say I wanna move to, oh, I don't know, Victor Reader, right? So I can press the letter V. I don't have to hit one, two, three, six, space. I can hit one, two, three at once, and then six, and then space. Victor Reader. Right, so the whole point of this is I do not have to do them all in one by one. So when I'm typing, I'm able to, the space bar is going to push that, that letter through. The other side of this is, what if my command has a space bar, right? Because a lot of commands do. O with space to go to options, or, I don't know, L with space to go to the top of any document, or 456 with space to go to the bottom, and so on, right? We could be here all day. But if I want to enter a command with the space bar, 
what I can do is I begin that command with space. So let's say I want to go to the options menu. I will hit space, followed by 135, then space again, and it will push the command space with O through to my touch. So I'm gonna do that. Space, 135, space. Options menu. Just like a stick of butter, right? So the point is it's very simple, it's consistent, um, and we're able, to, we're able to turn on and off one-handed mode. Again, bringing in that and, and expanding that user base. So I'm gonna go ahead and turn one-handed mode off. I'm gonna do that the same way I turned it on, by pressing and holding Enter at the same time as my action button. One-handed mode deactivated. Perfect. So that's going to be, again, one-handed mode. In addition to that, we brought in the ability for a user to use a QWERTY keyboard. We had had QWERTY support from day one in terms of editing. So I could type in a document, I could type in an edit field, which is fine, but it was limited to that. So what I mean by, by QWERTY support is we can fully drive the device with any QT keyboard. I have a couple up here. I'm gonna demonstrate this with a, I have a, a Logitech K380 which I really like because it, it's a multi-channel keyboard, but it has great action. I love the way it feels when I type on it. It's a, it's a great keyboard. Um, what we're gonna do is we can pair that via Bluetooth or USB. I always laugh because uh, I have a coworker who asked me if I had a USB keyboard lying around, and I was like, dude, what do you think? I'm like, have the, who even has those in their, in their house? I don't know. I don't even have a desktop anymore. But you can plug in a keyboard if you don't want to use USB. By all means, you could plug in a USB keyboard, but you could use Bluetooth. So when they're paired, I'm going to talk a little bit about the command structure. Because the question is always, well, that's great, but how do I use it, right? What do I do? The commands, what we tried to do in mapping the commands for the QWERTY, we tried to have them equate to Windows commands as much as we could. And what I mean by that is word by word or character by character or top or bottom or lots of these, lots of those things. Obviously, it's not going to happen everywhere and we're gonna get a sense of that but, and, I'll, and I'll kind of show it. But the ability for us to drive the device through uh, QWERTY support. So I'm gonna talk about this. I'm gonna turn my speech back on. And I'm just gonna, again, when the QWERTY's active, I'm able to use my space bar to move down the menu. And again, I'll just briefly do that. Right. So I will just talk really loud, but I'll use my space bar. Internet colon keyword. And as I do it, I'm going Word down. Word colon keyword. And I can press backspace to go back up. Internet colon email colon contacts colon key list. And then of course I can use first letter navigation. So if I wanted to go to email, I can press the letter E. Email colon key mail. Or file manager will be the letter F. File manager colon key files. We get the point, right? So we can use first letter navigation. That's all great. We can also, though, take it to another level. And I'm going to open up the word processor, or as people in Canada say, processor. Doing that for my Canadian friends who are here. We're going to open this up. And when I'm here, at this point, I am able to seamlessly kind of work through. And I'm going to, I'm going to put my microphone back in my stand here because I'm going to type on the keyboard. We're going to do a little bit of this action. And as I work, so I'm going to type a sentence. T A I S S T F F U J. Oh, I typed J deleted. Which is not a word. Fun. All right. So the point of this is I typed the sentence, this is a lot of fun. Now, what I, I typed it all, as I'm working, I'm typing on the QWERTY keyboard, and that's, you know, it's, it's applying the Braille table that I'm using. So it's all contracting into UEB grade two, uh, which, is, which is, well, actually, UEB contracted Braille. There are no more grades. It is contracted and uncontracted. I always, I always say grade two, and I'm always corrected by, the, um, by the, the forces of Braille literacy that I encounter across this great country. But it's, you know, it, it's important that it will apply those changes. So as I work, everything is going to come into, you know, into whatever Braille table I'm using. But I'm working on the QWERTY keyboard. The commands, the basic commands are all the same. So if I wanted to go to the top of this file, I can press Control Home, for instance, to jump to the top. I could press Control End to jump to the bottom, and so on. So it really, it's, it's a way for me to kind of drive it. 
When we talk about some other basic commands, I'm going to put my uh, microphone down again so it'll be nice and creaky. Oh, yeah. Now, what we're going to do is I'm going to go back word by word. Right. So control left arrow going back word by word. Control right arrow is going to bring me forward word by word. The other side of it is if I wanted to, I don't know, move character by character, my arrow keys, right? Or line by line, up and down. Um, so those are all going to be mapped. I can select text the same way I do on the computer. So if I wanted to select, I'm on the top of my file. How would I select, think about, think about QWERTY commands, how am I going to select forward word by word? Loud and proud, control shift right arrow, yep. So if I press control shift right arrow, this, I am this, selecting a. these words and I see that they're selected because they're underlined on my braille display. So that's seven and eight are underneath them. So again, the ability for me, the ability for me to use Windows commands in a, in a very succinct and very universal sort of way. Now it's gonna get crazy, because we'll talk about how do we learn all these commands, right? How do I save this? How do I bold something? How do I, oh, spell check, or, or whatever it may be. What I can do, and for anyone who, who uses the Braille Note Touch, how many users do we have in the room? Can I ask that, anybody? No one? Oh yeah, rock it. So, it's just me and you. It's an evening with Peter, right? So, this, it's, it's, this, is like, this is like when you go see a band and, they, and just like the singer shows up because everyone else left and he's just got his acoustic guitar. It's like, oh man, I'm the only one here. So the point though is, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna talk about how we pull those commands. So when we're using QT support, and again, the, the reason why this is important is not because I want everyone to use a QWERTY keyboard, but I think it's so important that we have those good skills. It's just as important to be able to type on a QWERTY keyboard as it is to fly in Braille because we want to be able to take that transferable skill from the, you know, one tool to another tool in our toolbox. That's why the Windows commands that we use to go word by word are also going to work here and so on. So being able to, to, to transfer some of those pieces is huge. When I bring up the context menu on the Braille Note Touch, I press space with the letter M to do it. When I do that, I'll get into all of my shortcuts. So if I press space with M, for instance, I will come into my context menu, and let's just say I want to go into file functions. functions. Oh, I love creaking. So, okay, we're here to create a new additional document. It's backspace with N, or if I press S. Save, space with S. Right, save is space with S. So the point is we're getting all of those Braille first shortcuts like we always have through contextual help or in a contextual menu. That is one thing that the Braille Note has, has always had in first letter navigation and all that good stuff. The other side of it, though, is I'm going to come back into my document. Edit box. End of document. And I am going to invoke the context menu. Instead of pressing space with M or using my square button, I am going to press Control-Alt-M on my keyboard. When I do that, context menu. I'll come into file the context functions. menu again. And when I'm here, we'll go into file functions. File functions. Create new additional document. Control plus N. Now I will get all of the keyboard shortcuts. So for save or save as PDF or whatever it's going to be, anything that has a shortcut, I will see those shortcuts if I bring up the context menu from the keyboard. So again, that's just a piece of what we're doing with the QT support. We had been asked for it for a long time and we have brought it in and we want to give you the ability to use the keyboard you want to use. And that's really where, where, where that comes from. So the ability for you to take the keyboard, maybe you have a multi-channel or you have a small foldable. I have a real small foldable keyboard that I'll use from time to time that I have with me um, that I fold out and use as well. So it, it's, we don't want to force you into using some sort of provided keyboard. Um, that's a little bit about what, what was going on in March. We also introduced global media controls. So does anybody in here have anything like Sonos at home or... Um, does anybody you like Spotify or Pandora or anything like that? If, if you're using that on the touch, you can globally. You know, on the iPhone, we have the two-finger magic tap to play and pause music. We have the same thing on the Braille Note Touch now. So enter with X. We'll play and pause from anywhere. And then we can skip forward and skip back by pressing enter with, um, I'm sorry, backspace with dots four six or backspace with dots one three. So that was another small piece kind of of what came in in March. All right, that's that. 
Any questions on the QT support or anything like that, or the one-handed mode, or anything up to this point? Because I'm going to talk a little bit about what's coming out next week. Cool. Okay. And if you have questions, I strongly encourage you to raise your hand so that I won't call on you and they just stay up. And <laughs> Shout them out loud and proud if you do have questions. Feel free. So the, the, what I'll talk about is on Wednesday, we're going to be releasing an update to Keysoft. Um, there are some, some features there that have been requested by users for a while. A couple of, a couple of bigger ones. Um, the first is, even on the iPhone, this can be tricky if you're using a Braille display. And that is being able to obtain suggestions from, you know, within the to field of Keymail. So, you know, you ever typed in the first few letters of someone's name and you know that something pops up on screen, but it's kind of hard to get to, right? You have to touch it on screen. But it's hard to get to with a Braille command, for instance, on the iPhone. What we've done is we've created a command. So I'm going to come into Keymail. And when I'm in Keymail, I'm going to turn my speech on, and here comes the creak. And I'm going to come into my Keymail menu. Keymail. Now, Keymail menu. Read. There we go. So I'm going to go into the to field by pressing space with the letter N. And email. what it's going to do Computer Braille is, is tell me that I need to type in an email address for someone I want to send an email to. I am going to send an email to my friend Andrew. So what I can do is I can type in the first few letters of his name. So we'll type in A-N-D-R-E-W. -E I guess that's all of the letters of his name, not the first few, right? But I'll type in as much of his or as little of, of his or her name as I want. And the command, now this is where it gets funny. It's not something with S because to send is backspace with S. And space with S in certain contexts is to save. So the command, and I didn't make the command, but it's backspace with E. Why is it backspace with E? I don't know, but that's what it is. So when I push backspace with E, what it will do is. Email. Andrew Wilkes right. Andrew 1989 at yahoo.com. It's going to pull up anything that matches that search criteria in terms of what I type. It's going to look in your set folder, it'll look in your inbox, it'll look in your contacts list. So it's doing more than, it, much like the iPhone does. You know, you can type in a, and it'll give you all different types of suggestions. So that's what we're doing here. So the ability to quickly pull um, a, a suggestion in the to field. That'd be the first piece, and then I could press space if there's any other matches in my list and, and press enter on them. So that would be the first thing that will be in the update that's coming Wednesday. The second thing is going to be the ability to insert page breaks in keyword. To do that, and again, that was asked for a lot, especially for those who may be in school or you're working on things and you just want to dump, dump a page break into a document. The command is going to be backspace with the letter P. Let's prove it. Recent apps. I'm going to open my Three app switcher apps. and I'm going to go back key into list. keyword. Keyword where menu. I was a moment ago. Edit box. End of document. All right. I'm in this uh, document where I type this is a lot of fun. And I'm going to put in a page break by pressing backspace with P. Just to prove it's there, if I backspace it out. New page deleted. New page is deleted. So, new page is going to be backspace with P. We're also bringing in find and replace into keywords. So, being able to find a search string and replace it with another search string. To do that, the command is going to be backspace with the letter F. So in this document, I want to change the word fun to funky. And I don't want to do it just by editing it, editing it, that is. So I'll come to the top. Top. And I'm going to press backspace with the letter F. Find what? Edit box. And we're going to say I want to find fun. F. F. And I'm going to press, actually, I typed in the one to you. So fun. fun, and I'm going to press enter. Replace with. Replace with. Box. And I'm going to say, uh, how about funky? F okay. And so now I press enter. Edit box. Funky. Now, if I read my sentence in my document. Top. This is a lot of funky. Yes. <laughs> this is a lot of funky. So. Again, find and replace with something that was asked for a while, and it, it, it will, a lot of times, I use it a lot in Word. Um, my foot is sticking to the floor, which is kind of cool. Um, I, I, read, I do it a lot in Word, and, and people had asked for it, so that'll be coming in. The third thing that's coming is the share option. If you want to share this document to the cloud, or email it to your friend, or 
I don't know, print it or something. The share option will now be placed in the keyword context menu. It's a lot easier to get to. So you can share documents from within keyword. That'll be in the file functions option. So bringing in that, that's been something that was asked for, an easier way to share documents to the cloud. That is a, a major benefit of the Braille Note Touch. Because we are Google certified, being able to work seamlessly within Google Drive, um, working in Docs, I am, it's, it's, you know, it's, and it's coming a long way. Google has made strides, big strides, uh, over the last several years in terms of improving that accessibility. Is it perfect? No. Is it usable? Yes. It's accessible, it's usable. There's definitely some work to do. And we're in discussions with Google and on kind of how we can collaborate to improve that experience in the cloud. Today's workplace, I talked about it this morning during our, um, during our presentation, and that is that we, we really, we see today's workplace, today's classroom as being extremely connected. And we really, really, we understand the importance of that. So we're working with Google to try and improve some of that workflow. Uh, in terms of anything else on Wednesday, uh, when the update comes, I talked about the keyword, talked about the stuff in Keymail, and there will also be, this is a big one, there is a new German Braille table. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know every, I mean, I couldn't, Rick and I today, all the people coming up to the booth asking us about the inconsistencies in the Lib Louis German Braille table, I just couldn't believe it. And so, <laughs> yeah, so that will be coming and just some improvements in terms of bug fixes and localizations. Um, we're, we're very much looking forward to, you know, moving through this year and bringing in <clears throat> more features into the product. Um, it's going to be, we, we know, Again, you know, what, what can we do in terms of, because it's, it's the kind of the, the elephant in the room, right? The version of Android. What can we do with working in, making that experience for a Braille first user in the cloud somewhat easier? We, we, we're aware of those things and we're very much ready to solve those problems. So I will say, stay tuned. We are aware and we're working toward that stuff. In terms of the Braille Note Touch, um, and I, because I want to shift over to the Brilliant 14 and answer any questions. Does anybody have any questions on the Braille Note Touch? Please ask. I will repeat. Okay. First of all, uh, it's about the version of, the version of Android. Are you still running KitKat? So it's a, the question is, are we still running KitKat? The answer is yes, sort of. So. Exactly. It's a very strange answer. But what we're doing, so at, at the surface, we're running KitKat. Yes, we're running version 4.4.2 of Android. However, for, for somebody who has ever run version 4 of Android on, let's say, a Nexus 4 or an or Moto G or a Moto X or whatever, some older phone, there are pieces of that that don't work as well as they do on the Braille Note Touch. Because we're a Google partner, we have taken pieces of Android 5, Android 6, and even Android 7 to help alleviate some things. Not everything, but some things. One major one is the web views that you're going, that was my foot, if anyone heard that. Uh, the web views in certain apps, like the Amazon app, are atrocious. But we, we've a, we were able to pull in pieces of Android uh, 6 to resolve the web views and make them work much better in Braille. So I can use first letter navigation. The Bard mobile app on Android recently updated, I think about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago. It is so much more usable now on the Braille Note Touch. Um, so there are pieces of future versions of Android running on the device. Because we're a Google partner, we're able to get that code. We're able to port some things back. Stability-wise, we have not brought the touch forward, and it mainly has to do with how stable version 4 was to build on top of. So we are very much aware that today, as we use the product, for instance, I load the Chase app. The Chase app doesn't work, right? It just says, nope, version of Android is too old. We are aware of that. For right now, we're telling people, use the browser, and you can have, it's a modern browser, it's a secure browser, you can go and do whatever you need to do. We know that there are some pieces of Android that are, that are starting to, to flake. So believe me, we're aware, and we will uh, you know, have an answer for that sooner than later, I just don't know when. I know that it's all in the 
works of being baked in. So, you know, for now, again, what when it comes to our applications, though, when it comes to the power of keyword, of key, you know, key soft and braille first navigation, usability versus accessibility, that's really the power of the product. And I think it, it's a, it's still a braille note. It's a braille note and it, and it always will be. But yes, we can do all that mainstream stuff too. So we need to address that Android version um, as, as we go forward. But it's a great question. I have another question. Please. Um, you can ask as many questions as you need. Uh huh. Rick Piper, would you please come to the stage? <laughs> so the answer is, uh, in June, we we became a, um, a, a the distributor, a distributor of index embossers. So we are a, an accredited distributor for in North America for the index embossers. We also do the enabling embossers. So we now have, oh, go ahead. Great. Index isn't going anywhere. Index is here to stay for a long time. Sure. Um, which it uses the USB. Mm -hmm. So we, we've talked with both Index as well as uh, View Plus on building drivers for Android. So the reason why, we're not the only ones that we can't you know, emboss to, to, to an embosser with a tablet. You can't emboss to that tablet from your iPad, for instance, until yeah, until there are drivers or something of the like. So we're looking into what we can do with various drivers and how we can work with the embosser manufacturer to take the documents and, and, and push them to those legacy embossers, to those older embossers. Right now, and again, this is not answering your question because that answer kind of, the answer to your question now is no, not yet. It doesn't mean it won't happen. It means we have to develop the drivers to do so. And I've put, I mean, there are, we all know, I'm sure some of us in here, or at least we know of or have heard of or know somebody who has embossers from the 90s that are still going. It happens. I have a Braille Blazer somewhere that is still rocking and rolling. It's, I mean, it is, it's still moving and it's like, it works. Um, and, and so it is a concern and we know that those embossers are out there and we want to be able to, to make them work. So it's going to take development both on our side, being in the touch, as well as index or view plus or from, you know, on our side with enabling to build or work with how we can push that driver to the Android side of things. I still use my Apex very well. To emboss, yeah, sure. Right, right, as, as it will, yeah. And so we need, to, we need to really open some of that stuff up. I think also it comes into, the, the, the way I foresee it possibly working is doing it from key BRF because that's already a translated Braille file um, and maybe there's a way to push that through. So it, it's a great question. With the modern embossers, so with today's version, you know, V5 embossers and the modern embossers, they are working on and I have gotten it to work and that is to emboss via Bluetooth. And that's a big, cool deal if that makes sense. Because what we can do is we can take a file from the BrailleNote Touch without network connectivity and we can send that document to the embosser. So I can emboss via Bluetooth, which, which is great. Um, again, with the modern embossers as well, you're getting the ability to wirelessly emboss, which you, know, you can match the IP addresses up and you can emboss that way. Because those embossers have internal Braille translators, you can send a PDF document to it. You can send a, you know, a, a DOCX file. What you're getting on the other end is rough. You're getting Braille translation. Is it formatted perfectly? No. Is it going to be in columns and look great? No. The, the, if you need that, you're going to use Braille Blaster. You're going to use Duxbury. You're going to use Braille 2000 to produce those Braille-ready you know, formatted documents. But if you want braille and you need it quick so uh, rick and i gave a speech this morning and i was reading my notes on the plane i took 
you know, my file. And I, I read a lot and do a lot with on my touch, but I wanted it all in one sheet. So I just sent it via Bluetooth and I had it with me to review. I needed something quick and that's what I got. So it will give you that quick translation. I talk about just having access to information. We know the importance of Braille. We know how important it is for us to read a wor the world around us. So being able to read all of the words instead of, of hearing them. We can have the best verbal communication skills in the world, but if our written communication skills are not right on par with those, we're going to suffer. So the, the, the modern embossing is, is something that we're really working on and looking into about in terms of improving. How can we make it better? And then obviously, how can we make it better for your, your legacy embossers? So exactly what you're talking about, your older index, your older, you know, um, older units that you have out there because we know they're out there and we know they're still working. So. We are, we are on it. It's, it's the waiting game, unfortunately. But it doesn't mean we're not, we're not trying and we're not moving forward. So, <laughs> You will know the moment it arrives. Any other questions on the touch? Yeah, question. Please. Um, I recently switched over to a touch from an Apex. Uh-huh. So it's not available within like keyword in terms of a shortcut. What I recommend is there is an app called Advanced Offline Dictionary. So Advanced Offline Dictionary. I can give you my card when we're done. I can send these to you in an email. But that will work offline so that and it's, you know, you can copy and paste it to your clipboard kind of just like you did um, and, and dump, you know, dump down your definitions. It's a great dictionary. There's another one called Simple Dictionary, but that you need to have a wireless connection for. Um, but again, it's very basic and simple. But no, it is, there, it's no longer a key press. Um, it, it had to do with the licensing, really, from, from those dictionary providers. So could it come back? Yeah, I guess. I mean, if we had enough requests, I, we could look into it. But I know that today, with, with the way things work, and honestly, the way so many people work today is, Alexa, define, blah, 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 blah. hey, Siri, how do you spell thesaurus, right? So, and we know that, and we know that. And I, I think that it's, it's, I would, you know, oh, did you guys know there are three words pronounced? It's my fault. It's enough of that. Oh, she's always listening, guys. Um, but the, the, the answer is I'm not, not now, but there are some solutions. So, and, and I would recommend the offline, but yeah, in terms of the one key, one key press, no. It's just, it's not part of that with the, with the licensing. Any other questions before we talk about b -b brilliant Okay, Sh sure. Uh, do we have continuing, is there continuing ads here? Yeah. Oh. I didn't. I think they open at 11. Did, I didn't realize that we had uh, CREs and stuff. That's awesome. That's fantastic. No. We we're there from eleven to five. What I don't know is if we needed to have applied for a track, so we may not have those. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Oh, then we will have those. Yeah, we'll, we'll track them down. Sorry about that. I had no clue. But then I'll know for tomorrow night, too, when we talk about Trek and Stream and have a grand old time. Um, so it, it, in terms of the, the touch, if anyone has any questions, please come and ask. We are going to be, there's some really neat things coming um, that I've seen, and I'm, I'm beta testing some fun stuff that we're just waiting to kind of get the kinks out of and then it will launch. So please stay tuned for a fun fall. With Braille, we're gonna talk about the Brilliant. Um, has anybody, does anybody here have a Brilliant 14? Has anybody here ordered one? Good. Well, come get one, because they're cool. Um, the Brilliant 14 
what we what we did was obviously we're not you know we're not setting some sort of trend here with a 14 cell braille display we know that but we do have the first 14 cell braille display with a different type of intelligence and i'm going to demonstrate that the brilliant 14 is a 14 cell braille display that will connect to five different devices via bluetooth one via usb the device has basic note-taking functionality in it. And when I say basic, I mean basic. However, it does have a Braille translator built in, which is a big deal, because we can take notes on the device and we can synchronize those notes to our phone. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna demonstrate that. The way it works and the reason behind it is it gives us the ability to work independently of needing you know, to use our phone. And what I, why I mean that is, how many times has anyone in this room updated to a new version of iOS and Braille kind of breaks? I know it's happened to me. Um, it's happened to, to many users, right? It's, it's just something that happens because the, you know, we, we're, we're at the mercy, and not at the mercy, because Apple's fantastic, and I'm an iPhone user, and I use it all day long, and I use Mac, and I use Windows, and I use everything. But what happens is, today's world, it, the connected world, the apps world, something works great today, something's very usable today, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work. I can name probably five or six apps that I used to use a lot in 2013 that I just do not use today, because either they've broken, or they've gone away, or whatever it is. The whole point of the Brilliant 14 is, it gives me the ability to take notes. So I was, in, I was in Rochester, New York, which is where ACB will be next year. And at that time, they've changed since, but they did not have Uber or Lyft when I was there. And I think I was like a week, it was like a week later, I left and they're like, oh yeah, we can, it can be there now. So, but I use it all the time. I use Uber and Lyft and I, I didn't have the ability to get Uber and Lyft and I was like, oh, well, I need to do it the old way and call cabs and wait for them, and, which is fine. But in order to do that, I had to get the numbers of the cab companies from the hotel from the front desk. And so, you know, I didn't want to pull up the notes app and try to dictate into it or do some nonsense. I just wanted to use my Braille display. And I didn't want to have to pull up notes and find it and type them in because at that time, Apple had a weird bug where things, no matter what you did, for some reason, I would type in, you know, 7724, and it would be like, go, go, but do. Because for some reason, and anyone who knows Braille knows what that means, right? So it just wasn't translating numbers for, for there's some very weird version of iOS 10 point something, point something, point. And they fix it very quickly, which they often do. I, I, and they do fix things. But I took my Brilliant 14. I typed out the notes, right, yellow cab or whatever it was called, the phone number, and just pressed exit. And the notes sank. And I knew when I went up to my room and I took my phone out later to try and schedule one of those cabs, the notes were, you know, they, the numbers were just sitting in my notes app. They, they were, you know, without me having to use my phone and drive the device, you know, use my device, the, the Brilliant 14 to drive my phone, they were just there. So it's the power, what it's using is we, we're using low energy Bluetooth. Um, the, the device has two Bluetooth chips in it. One is your ability to connect to your, you know, Braille, use the device as a Braille display. The other is essentially the same type of Bluetooth that the Apple Watch uses. Um, and to communicate with your iPhone. So it's always connected. That's the other piece of this Braille display that is fantastic. It is always on. It's always, not always on, but it's always connected. So I've had one in, when I was beta testing these, uh, I think it was about four months and it never came unpaired, maybe a little over four months, four months in a week. For anyone who uses Braille displays, you know that's a big deal because that just doesn't happen. Actually, that, that, that just never happens, right? Your, your displays will come, come unpaired and, and think about a deaf-blind user. That is a tremendous problem for a deaf-blind user who doesn't have a set of ears or a set of eyes around to help he or she. So we need to, and, and that's a major advantage, but then also the syncing, and I'm gonna demonstrate the syncing. Yes, I always think uh, about that commercial where the Germans are on that boat and they're trying to like, they're trying to call in for help. And they're like, yeah, sinking. And the Coast Guard's like, what are you sinking about? <laughs> I just always think of that. So whenever I say sinking, just know that internally I'm laughing a lot. So what we're going to do though is I'm going to pull my phone out and run through kind of a, 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 a little example of how this will work. 
and I'm going to take a couple of notes. You will also, in this demonstration, hear my Gmail address. Please never, under any circumstance, send me an email at that address. I will not respond. If you want my email, I will give you a card. But please don't send it to my Google, because I, A, I won't get it, and B, I'll be like, how in the world? And I'll be like, ah, oh, you were listening. <laughs> so, um, but this, the way this syncs is this will sync through IMAP, and we will be releasing it to sync through Exchange as well. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how we, I'm going to run us through the process and then talk about the, the brilliant sync app as well. So I'm going to set my phone, I mean my microphone back in this creaky stand here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to come into my brilliant 14 and actually, you know what we're going to do first is we're going to prove to you that I have no notes other than one in my notes app on my phone. So we are going to unlock here. We're going to turn up the volume. Settings. Back button. Okay. I will slow this down. Containers. Settings. Characters. Words. Speaking rate. 85, 87, 65%. Okay. 60%. We'll do it about here. So open notes. Notes. Folders. Heading. Okay, so I'm in my notes app, and for anyone who looks in your notes app, depending on what, what accounts you have added, I have my Gmail account here, and that's where these notes are going to synchronize, because I just said synchronize, where these notes will synchronize, and that is because we're using the IMAP protocol. So it's using Google to synchronize these notes. If I come over, I'm going to swipe over to Gmail. Edit. Edit. Fol folders. Heading. Uh, let me get out of here. G selected. No Gmail. Heading. Okay. Selected. Notes. One so button. in Gmail, I have one, one note. note. Now, Notes. what I'm going to do, seven, seven, this three, is a nine, phone one, number. Three, two, five, six, nine, X the reason why I played that for you is if you guys want to pay my condo association, you can call that number, and that's where you send your checks. Um, and I can't remember the lady's name, but just tell her that Peter Tuzik called, and, um, and I was, you know, we, it's, it's like, it's great. Just please send a check. Uh, it's due by the 30th of July. So... I have one note in here, and that note is my that phone number. I can see that note on my Brilliant 14 as well. So I have my switch on the Brilliant 14 to the left, which means I'm in note-taking mode, and I have my account set up in the Brilliant Sync app. I'm going to come into here on the Brilliant 14, and I'm in the account that I want to be in, and I am going to press space with N to create a new note. And I'm going to type in, we really are so glad to be here today. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this note uh, back if I wanted to and I'm gonna correct it or make any changes. The Brilliant 14, instead of cursor router keys, has cursor sensor keys. So it will sense your fingers. There's no buttons to get stuck down when you rub your sticky hands on them with peanut butter or you spill Coke on it, right? Um, it won't get stuck. So I'm going to press space with E and when I do that, it will automatically sync. But I can also force a sync if I want to. And the way I do that is I press space with the letter S, and that will sync my Brilliant and my phone. And I will see that it says syncing, and then it's going to sync those notes. And what it will do is it's going to make it happen, and now I'm going to look at my phone again. So again, the whole theory is I'm not using my phone. I'm using the Brilliant 14, and I'm saying sync this. So I'm in a meeting, or I'm typing notes, or I'm taking recipes down, or I'm doing whatever, and then later I go to my phone, and I come here, and, I, and the beauty of this is I bet now that I'm in a uh, presentation, it'll just be like no notes or something. But the point is I'm going to come into my Gmail account. So let me come into Gmail. Actually, I should probably close my notes app, but that's okay. So we're going to come in, and we're going to close notes. And now I'm going to reopen it. So when I do, it's going to have that sync piece, and then we're going to see that note there. Open notes. Notes. Perfect. All right. So what we're going to do is come into Gmail, and of course we're going to not do exchange, and we're going to come in here. Okay. Now, what we'll see is that it didn't show up because I'm doing a live demonstration, right? So that's exactly what happens. Yeah, no, it's cool. I like it. I'm going to sync one more time. What will happen sometimes I, is I. You, ha you want to have the Brilliant Sync app going in the background, and I think I forgot to launch the app. So 
I'm going to do that. And I'll, that what that app does is that's where you set up the accounts. So you use the Brilliant Sync app to synchronize your notes so that when you come back to your phone, they're there. And I believe that mine, it was open, but I, I probably did not have it syncing. So open Brilliant Sync. Brilliant Sync. Okay, here we go. Brilliant device. Heading. All right, so this app is free in the App Store. It's only available on iOS right now. It will be coming to Android. For right now, it's only on iOS. Six, five, zero, zero, we see my serial number here, and it's connecting. Yeah, so it wasn't synced. So that's my fault. But the point here is. Idle. Okay, good. So it did just sync. So the whole point is we use that application to synchronize our, our notes, and we can add the Brilliant to that app. We also add our accounts to that app. So I added my Gmail account to that app to sync and make sure that it was able to, to find um, my account. So what we're doing, we're really, we're using IMAP at this point. We will be using Exchange in the near future and creating the ability for a user to take a small portable device and to you know, dump those notes in real time into their notes app. Does does anybody have any questions on that before I talk about some of their Braille things? But just in terms of the Brilliant 14. Sharon? Hi, Sharon. So are there any questions on the Brilliant 14 in terms of the whole purpose of it? Does, do, do you guys see the value in, in something like this, being able to take notes and sync them from afar, not having to rely on that Braille translation within iOS? Any? Yeah, so you can customize the Braille tables. That's a really good question. When it comes to the Braille tables, you can customize what Braille tables are there. Um, you know, you, you can run it in any, you know, it, it'll, it, right now it's localized like in German, and it'll be in French, um, a couple European languages. But when it comes to US, you can do US or UEB or UK. Totally, oh yeah, sure, if you want to. But I say fight the good fight. Don't, don't. Don't neglect UEB because it's here to stay, man. It's here to stay. All right, fight the fight. So yeah, no, you can use whatever code you want. Um, it will work in US, and that and that will translate as well. So we're we're going to support all Braille codes with the built-in Braille translator. Please, I love it. Don't be ashamed. Ask away. Absolutely. Can you do the other way? 100%. Yes. So as long as you create that note in the Gmail folder of your notes app, right? Whatever or whatever account you're using. So if you have your Gmail notes set to sync, you could absolutely do that. I could dictate anything in because sync, the syncing is both ways and the editing is both ways. So I can edit that note on my Brilliant, like appending to it or editing it or whatever, or I could go into my iPhone and edit that, and as long as when I press sync, all of those notes will synchronize. It's, it goes from both sides. It's a great question. Yeah, well, sure, if you want to. It won't do anything to your battery life. It's not, it's not seeing AI, right? It's not going to like... It's, <laughs> I always, whenever, you know, we always accidentally leave that open or something, and it's like, oh my gosh, my battery went to 7%, like an hour. But which is fine because it shows the power of all that processing that it's doing because it's a wonderful application. But no, Brilliant Sync will not, will not drain your battery. The whole point of the Brilliant Sync app is, for, for right now, it's to synchronize those accounts. But think of what we could do in the future. It could be a way down the line, possibly, who knows, maybe we could update your Brilliant that way. Um, that'd be really cool. Maybe we could use it for more than just notes. Maybe there'd be a way someday, you know, depending on the feedback we get. And this is why it's the first of its kind in terms of a product. It's the first, you know, attempt at being able to take something, a Braille product, and really 
interface like this with a smartphone. Outside of, we've been able to use Braille devices with smartphones for a long, long, long time since smartphones came out, but just in that Bluetooth capacity. So this is a whole new way of looking at, you know, how the how the device works and in expanding on what a Braille dis display can do. Right. So it lets me work in my medium and then sync those notes for later use elsewhere. Any any questions at all on the BI-14? There is a switch on the back. The other one thing to mention is there are a couple, there is a stopwatch on it. So you, you do get a stopwatch as well. I know. Yeah. Yes. I love it. What is the pricing? So the pricing on the Brilliant 14 is $9.95. The pricing here at ACB until Wednesday at 12.59 and 59 seconds is $8.95. So it'll be $100 off here. They will, they, we do not have them here for you to take. They will ship sometime next week. Um, so they're not shipping. We don't have them here. They're gonna, we, you can, but you can get the price here and save 100 bucks. So there's no tutorial on the product. It comes with a user guide. There's the, it's so, it is so very basic that the, the tutorial commands, I mean, there's about five of them, you know, and they're in there. A new note, it, it comes with a Braille instruction sheet. But a new note is space with N. To delete a note, it's space with D. Very basic, very, very basic. So the Braille note touch for an 18 cell, it is $39.95. Here at convention, the price is $35.95, and I think that's right, right? I cannot, I never remember our convention. Convention specials sometimes. Um, and then the Braille Note Touch 32 is $54.95. Here at convention, it is $48.95. So again, that would be, you know, the, until, until we're gone. So until Wednesday at 1.00. So it's a it's a good so in terms of like are you, are you referring to kind of on your in your, at, at your particular state? No, no, I'm referring to the, the CAT program that DOD is a part of. Uh, yes, they are. So they're they're in review. So if you look at you know there's they're under kind of those things take a long time. So they're still in review. They're not approved. They're they've been approved. You know at kind of like the the various state levels, but but in terms of at that level, they're they're still being approved and they're in they're under review. So I know that that could be that could be imminent in terms of of getting them on. Yeah, and, and I I believe I thought because I'm not really the right person for that question, but I know I know that with GSA. I thought we did have some sort of approval, but I don't, I don't know if that's if that's exactly the right the right piece. I, I can I can definitely check for you though. Okay. I'd be happy to. The government, federal federal government stuff. So it's you know I I know that a lot of that is still being reviewed. Jerry, 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 Jerry. Oh, Jerry Coons. Jerry, Jerry's still around. He's in San Fran, but he's no longer. He's not really consulting with us as much anymore. Yeah, I'm happy to look into it for you. Right. Yes. It does, and I, I will, I'd be happy to find that out. I'm more than happy to find that out. So I can, I can give you a card, and you can send me a note, and I'll... Sure. Come on over. We're happy to see everybody. Um, are there any other questions? I, I also want to talk a, for, for a brief period. We have, a, we have a few minutes left here. And I always like to get feedback uh, from you, from everybody, 
and I, I love these opportunities because it's, it's a brief period of time of, to get your feedback in terms of what are some things when it comes to braille devices, when it comes to a braille display, when you say, I wish my fill in the blank, right, braille display or note taker or whatever could, and then we go forward from there. But when it comes to your braille products, to what you're using today, whether it's a, a, our products or some, somebody else's, what are, you, what are you wanting or what are you seeing that you're liking that you wish we could do on, say, a Brilliant 32 or 40? Because remember, the feedback is how we can do what we do. We cannot continue to move forward on any product if we don't have help from, from our consumers, from our customers, from, our, from everybody who's using our products. That's how a product like the Victor Reader Trek was born. So we, we love feedback and we really want to, to hear it. Does anybody have any of that side or that sort of piece of things? And there's no way nobody has something. Fire. Sure. I mean, and, and when you say that, so in terms of apps that maybe aren't as usable um, as they used to be, what, what would come to mind if you were to say, well, in these two places, right, the mainstream alternative is just not cutting it for me. Also keeping in mind that there are equivalencies, right, what, what we have to look at in development is, is there an equivalent not only on the tablet side, but is there a good equivalent on the computer side? Remember when when this stuff came out, when the Braille and Speak hit and the Braille Note and all that, word processing it was, was very, very difficult on a computer. And there have been vast, massive improvements in terms of computer accessibility in the last 15 to 18 to 20 years. So keep that in mind as well. But I'd love to hear kind of what, what you're thinking when, when you, you know, in terms of those usable apps that you'd like to see. Sure. Sure. So doing doing sort of like stock charts, flow charts, that that in depth. I, I had a good a great discussion a couple of weeks ago with a student who was going into computer science and wanted to be able to do scatter plots and all sorts of things. Um, and, and that's absolutely those those are the things we like to we like to look at. I mean, why couldn't we start to move down those roads? And and again, it's something that blind people have traditionally not been able to do, especially in the mainstream environment. So those are pieces that we love. We that's a it's a great it's a it's a great idea. Sure. I don't know if it'd be tactual. Um, it would be. It, it probably it wouldn't be some sort of tactile piece. It would be something you would obtain from, you know, looking at, much like you work in Excel. You know, I mean, how can we obtain information by moving around in a grid or moving around and following lines or moving around and following patterns? And that's something that we that we look at and that we want to make happen. Yes and no. You're, you're, I, love, I love what you're saying. 
think about the future. Think about what we're seeing in the buzzwords in the last, right? We had the year of Braille uh, a couple of years ago at CSUN, everyone said. But the buzzwords now are low-cost Braille. And we're starting to see, and we are very aware of low-cost Braille, and, and what can we do, or how can we help in that space? I think the reality of a full-line Braille display, we already know that something like the Canute is coming. We've seen it. It's, it's obviously not going to be a Braille display. They're looking at that as being more of a desk, absolutely looking at it as being a desktop model. But multi-line Braille displays, if the technology comes along to produce those cells at a, at a reasonable cost, could be could be real reality. The harder part of that is spatially laying that information out. So having a screen reader know how to present that information on a 40, you know, cell braille display with 12 lines or something. So, but that is absolutely, absolutely what I'd love to see because think about how we can learn math or science or spatially it's very important for us. So I love it. That's a, it's a great one. So the multi-line braille display, that's, that's fantastic. It is pretty darn heavy, so exactly, that's what I mean by their, they want it to be a desktop. They're really going for the ability for that product to really stay stationary. It's a stationary device, um, and it's, you know, it's a version one, and, and it's neat. I mean, it, don't get me wrong, um, but it's slow, and a lot of things, we, we have a lot to work on, um, but we all have to start somewhere, and so we're very aware of that. We know how important low-cost Braille is and will be, and we want to be a part of that too. We've always, you know, we make the kind of the Cadillacs and the beautiful, great, smooth, running Braille displays and all sorts of things. But we, there's going to be other other pieces as we move forward, and we want to make sure we're aware of that too. So, I love the multi-line idea, and I, I also, you know, it starts to bring in something like the graffiti and later on. And I know APH is here. I'm sure they have it here with them. Um, yeah. So getting a sense of those sorts of things, and that's not a Braille display per se, but. It is, you know, kind of taking tactility, if that's a word, <laughs> tactualness. It is, yeah. Well, there's a new word, tactility and tactualness, to the next level um, in terms of dot heights and things like that. So we, we are all looking, and it's exciting. As a blind person, I am thrilled for kind of obviously being a part of it, but also just, just seeing what's going to happen. There's, there's a lot out there. There's a lot that could be done. There's a lot of there's also a lot of hot air, right? <laughs> People who want to do good things, but but just don't know kind of what what that means. And we see that a lot and, and all over. So we're excited. We're very excited. And I really, very, very, very much uh, appreciate, really appreciate everyone's time. So if you have, if there's any questions, please feel free to come up. We are going to be here tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, we're booth 32, 33, 34. Did I get that wrong again? Yes, I got it right. 32, 33, and 34. And we would love to see you. And if you want to come by tomorrow for the Victor Reader Trek, I will be talking about the stream and the trek and demonstrating a lot. I also have a recording of myself in the past. We'll just leave it at that. So um, I will, uh, I'd love to answer any questions. And please, please, please enjoy your conference.